welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Today's episode is Streaming Wars and the Effects Have on Theaters. But before I go into introducing our panel, I would like to say thank you to our sponsor, <clears throat> excuse me, our sponsor, Manscaped. With summer right around the corner, the time is now to look and feel fresh, especially below the waist. Think about all the upcoming pool parties, beach days, road trips, and backyard barbecues. And to ensure that you are ready to capitalize when the right situation presents itself, visit manscaped.com. Manscaped.com takes the risk out of manscaping thanks to precision-engineered tools which are optimized for male grooming and hygiene. As seen on Shark Tank, visit manscaped.com to find out why they are number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. You'll want to keep an eye out for the Perfect Package 2.0 kit that includes the Lawnmower 2.0, an electric trimmer worthy of getting up close and personal below the waistline, which features skin-safe technology to ensure a nick-free manscaping experience. Get 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag with the promo code GEEKVIBES20 at manscaped.com. Again, the promo code is GEEKVIBES20 at manscaped.com. We would like to thank Manscaped for sponsoring us, and let the show begin. Uh, we have Tia on, so Tia, I'll introduce you first. What's going on, Tia? Hey, guys. How are you? Sorry about calling in late there. It's no problem. The audience didn't know you were late, so you just said it, so you kind of just told oh, them yourself. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's completely fine. Um, we also got Brittany. What's going on, Brittany? Uh, as always, I already have the cats hoarding around me, waiting to see me stuck in one place for a while, so they're pretty happy about it. <laughs> uh, that is definitely, cats always scared me, I don't know, cats, their eyes, something about their eyes. Uh, <laughs> no, cats are amazing, we have four cats in the house, and they are our babies. Cats are, I've, I've babysat a kitten once, and it was, like, a, a good experience, but I have seen a few cats that, like, would look me in the eyes, and then, like, I sit down, and he tried to, like, scratch me or something. I don't know. I just never really experienced that with dogs. Cats, definitely. Something about me and cats. I don't know what it is. Um, but, AJ, what's going on, AJ? I am doing good. I worked all day. I have a lot on my mind, so... I'm ready to talk streaming stuff. Absolutely. AJ just warned all of us that at any point he could snap and scream at us. So (laughs) be very careful with what you say. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kyle, what's going on, pal? I'm doing well. And I I personally don't know what side of the spectrum AJ is on, but me personally, I consider myself as a professional moviegoer, so I'm really excited to join in this conversation tonight. Absolutely. It's so much to talk about. Um, and, pal, you are amazing <laughs> with the amount of movies you consume. Um, <laughs> it, it, it I, I should tell you guys at some point today how much I've watched this year alone. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally your yeah. superpower. That's definitely one of your superpowers. Uh, and last but not And last but not least, Dom, what's going on, Dom? Hey, hey, I'm doing good out here in lovely, hot, humid Nashville. (laughs) All right, so we got everyone introduced. Let's jump right into it. So today, pretty much what we're going to be doing is breaking down. um, We have so many 
streaming services. It, it's becoming hard to, to keep track. No, not really. There's only about like five. Um, but we're going to talk how we see a, uh incoming war ensuing with the streaming services. And also, um, if all these streaming services can kind of find their niche and all succeed, what that could do to theaters. Um, so first, I want to start off with us just breaking down individually the streaming services that we have. Um, let's start with uh, Netflix. That is one of the, uh, the OGs in the streaming service business. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, AJ, I'm actually going to start off with you. What are your thoughts on Netflix? Uh, do you see them uh, maintaining success going forward? Is there some stuff you would like to see change up? Um, or do you still see Netflix being as big of a name um, as it's become like five years from now, even with the other streaming services uh, that are starting up? Well, thank God I started taking notes first on Netflix. Um, <laughs> so, um, the uh, what was I gonna say? Charging wise, is what twelve ninety nine a month right now. Is what I would Yeah, guess. I believe so. Um, yeah, I believe so. I feel like it's still gonna it's still gonna survive, even though you're gonna have the D- Disney streaming service, you have the DC universe. Um, I, I feel like it's still going to survive because it has some great original content like um, Stranger Things, Haunted of Hill House, Umbrella Academy. Um, I read the movie that just came out, um, Tia just reviewed, Always Be My Maybe. It was really good. They have really good um, movie content, and I guess not really good. It's on and off. It's either really good or really bad movie content. It's the same with the shows. Um, I just feel like if they can produce more good television, um, television and movies, I feel like people are gonna keep their Netflix and then add on to like Disney or take away from any other streaming service like HBO or I doubt they'll take off HBO, but. I really think that Netflix has survived for a very long time, and I I see no way they're going to end up dying now. So, yeah, I think they're going to survive. I think the biggest thing for Netflix is um, you have to continue your original content. Like, it's not just going to fly that you have The Office, you have Friends, you have um, Mm – so DC decides to pull them, you have the DC shows. Like, that's not going to fly. Your original content has to become more consistent. And we were saying during pre-show – um, Stranger Things is on its way out. Like that's not going to go another four seasons. I would pray not. Um, I had said before the show, I don't need to see uh, these these kids like as adults. Like the whole point of it being cute and adorable and fun is that they're so young. Um, I, I don't need to see grown <laughs> grown these kids like grown now um, still fighting these monsters. At some point, it's like all right. Like, Eleven just needs to go down there and self-destruct or something and get rid of all these monsters. But um, uh, you just have to, <laughs> you have to, you just have to continue to maintain um, original content. And I think Umbrella Academy was a huge step in the right direction. I think the haunting, was it Haunting on the Hill House or Hill on the Haunting House? Or, I don't know. Yes. Okay. So um, I still refuse to watch that show because of how terrifying I heard it was. Um, oh, so okay. if you can continue to pump out original content like that, 
you're going to be fine. Um, but I think what you're going to find out is uh, at some point, you're going to have to give us something um, that, that we know of. You're going to have to give us something like whether that's teaming up with Valiant and getting some Valiant properties on there, Dark Horse, maybe seeing if you could buy out Spawn if it doesn't work with Blumhouse. Um, just I taking bigger risks. Go ahead. I will say that um, Netflix did um, Sabrina, which was really good yeah. as well. So if they might continue to do um, do stuff around that universe, I would be fine with it. I'll keep the I, um, streaming service. I agree, and I want to give a shout-out to Kanan, who um, got me to watch Sabrina. Uh, I remember he was telling me we had gotten screeners for it, and I was like, I have no interest in watching Sabrina. Um, and he's like, no, it's like really, really, really good. Give it a chance. I watched it and I was like, wow, like this is really, really, really good. Um, and also they're, they're doing great things with their animated world. Um, Transylvania and, and you now telling me that Dante is part of Transylvania. Like that's, that's huge. That's world building. That's great. Ultraman was really good. Um, so they have things, but I think they do need to start taking a few more risks. I would love to see them. Um, cause Blumhouse at some point is just going to disagree with McFarlane. Um, Tia has already heard me trash McFarlane, so I'm not going to go into that, but if Netflix <laughs> can get Spawn, I think that'd be great. And I also do think Spawn might be better consumed as a series, especially for how they're trying to go about doing mm-hmm. it. Um, with Spawn kind of being in the background and it focusing on the cops, I think that's better for a series. Um, and I think if you're Netflix, you can kind of afford Jeremy Renner and, and Jamie Foxx. Um, so I think that might be something that might be uh, something you kind of try to try your hand out, uh, try your hand at. Sorry, if you're Netflix. Um, but all right. What I will, what I will also Good. do is um, mm-hmm. clear out some of the libraries on a Netflix on Netflix. Like get rid of all the all the bad content that people think that are bad, and then try to reestablish all the good content that you have and then add on to that, and then they can expand on something new and so on and so forth. That way they can have better quality shows and movies on their service. Absolutely. And also I will say Netflix almost completely lost me as a customer when they got rid of all of the Godfathers. Like, who does that? Like, who, who, who does that? Like, who thinks that's a smart idea to get rid of the Godfathers? Um, so yeah, that really rubbed me the wrong way. I was very upset about that. Um, but all right, let's move on. Uh, pal, I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on the current landscape of Netflix. Well, I, um, actually don't watch a lot of Netflix and it's just because I spend my time, um, you know, absorbing other types of content like YouTube. But, um, whenever, whenever I get on Netflix, it's really interesting because back when uh, I first got an Netflix account, and by that I mean when I first stole it from someone that I know, right? Um, <laughs> it was a completely different type of uh, streaming content than what we're seeing today. It was movies that maybe you haven't owned on DVD yet, maybe it's uh, maybe it wasn't available at Redbox at the time, or hey, even back when Blockbuster was still a thing, you know, it wasn't a movie that you maybe you could find there readily. So um, today what we're seeing is a bunch, and I mean a bunch of very original content that they keep pumping out, like, like at a level that I've never seen before. 
And it was, I don't know exactly when I first started noticing it, but I think I started noticing a couple of years ago when, you know, a Netflix original became a thing, a Netflix film, a Netflix original, right? That's what, what we see on our um, uh, suggested feeds, right? And it's really interesting to see how much uh, money they, they commit to spending on original content. I was actually reading an article that said that, I believe, if I can pull it up real quick, um, they said that Netflix is expected to be spending uh, around $15 billion in Netflix original content alone, which is insane. I read that um, last year in 2018, they, uh, based on their, I guess, their budget that they had, they spent um, around 85% of that budget to pumping out all these original TV shows, movies, and all that stuff. So it's it's just really crazy how they're um, revolutionizing this whole movie industry. You know, it's not something that theaters and movie studios could actually do because it's just a kind of platform that they never had access to. And um, it's just really interesting to also see how it plays out uh, when, uh, especially recently in the, it, how a lot of their movies have been getting Oscar attention and whether or not their movies are deserving of that title just because they're available on a streaming platform. You know, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's really just interesting to see how it's playing out. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it's definitely good. It definitely has a purpose for certain occasions. At the same time, though, I don't know if I'm ready to accept it as the future of movie watching, TV watching, you know what I mean? Um, I, I'm not kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm nostalgic and I'm not ready to let go of the way that I grew up watching movies, I grew up watching TV shows. So I don't know. It, it's just interesting to see how, how it's changing uh, the industry. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from completely. And, and I think, um, I think people that are as passionate about film as I know you are, um, is what will keep movie theaters going um, as much as possible. I think what we have to pay attention to is when we go to theaters, how much do we see this next generation in the theaters? Um, mm-hmm. Do we see people our age, people older than us? How much do we see people younger than whatever age we are at now? Um, and I think that's important because if you don't mm-hmm. see it a lot, means it's not of interest to them. And I think streaming is something that they can consume, pause, do stuff, come back to. And I think that is what drives them. I don't think they like the idea of, like, especially in-game. You know, Mm -hmm. the idea of any other movie in the future being two hours and 45 minutes, two hours and and 50 minutes, or three full hours. They don't have that large of an attention span. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't think they like the idea of I have to sit here three hours and like I can't move I can't check my phone um I think they like the idea I was gonna say to combat that though um I believe that it's movies like Endgame that proves that movie theater experience still matters in 2019 because that's the kind of movie that I don't think you would get that same sort of reaction the same sort of um uh praise if it was watched at home versus watching in in, uh, in a movie theater, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's like the two different sides of that conversation. 
I, I don't disagree with you. I was just saying um, <clears throat> the, uh, during pre-production that Godzilla um, is a mm-hmm. movie that I would have never wanted to watch on, on my TV, and I have a really nice TV. Um, I needed to experience that in IMAX. Like, that's the only place I would have wanted. Well, that and Dolby. Um, well, and as much as Kanan raves about 4D. Um, but, you know, those are still theater um, aspects, and you'd want to experience that in theater. Um, so I kind of look at it, and I'm like, I completely agree with you. But then my question again is, I went into Godzilla at a weird time, so I'm not going to judge that. Um, but my <laughs> question is, during Endgame, during Godzilla, how many of the youth did we see in those films, whether whether it was mm-hmm. a Thursday night, a Friday night, or a Saturday night, that are usually the busiest with youth? Um, how much of youth did we see there? Because they are what's going to carry in the new era of how we consume things. And I think because of the way the youth is today and their need to, cons- like, think of it like this. Like, I know a lot of, uh, you know, this, this newer generation that, like, when a sporting event happens, they don't sit and watch the whole thing. When it's over, they just go to Twitter for highlights. They go to Instagram for highlights. They're not sitting down and consuming a full two-and-a-half-hour NBA game or a full almost three-hour baseball game or a football game. They're watching for highlights. Um, and to me, that's problematic <laughs> because yeah. if the next generation isn't interested in sitting down and fully consuming, you're now going to have people that are like, all right, well, cool. You don't want to do that? Sure. How about we bring the movies to your home? You sit down on your computer or your phone or your, your gaming system, and you watch it as you please. You could watch 10 minutes and then go do something and come back to it. Um, so that's the one thing where it's kind of like, I respect uh, where you're coming from 100%, and I'm with you. I don't want movie theaters to go anywhere um, because, you know, we have so many movies coming out that it's like, I want to experience, like, if the, if theaters went out of business tomorrow, and you're telling me I got to enjoy Godzilla vs. King Kong on my television, I'm saying, <laughs> I, that's going to that's gonna tear me apart. Like, no, that's not how you experience a movie like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think if you're Netflix, um, your main focus is to not become exactly what Redbox is. And Redbox just happens to be a form of convenience. Um, like you happen to be at a Walgreens and you're like, oh yeah, I didn't want to see that movie. Like, oh, all right, yeah. I'll just pick it up while I'm here. Um, you don't want to become that. So you want to make sure you're doing everything possible to keep up with everyone else around you who does seem as if they're getting or potentially could be um, your direct competition. Uh, but I do think the biggest thing that's gone uh, for Netflix is you just got an Oscar. Um, like, that's huge. Like, the entire movie landscape didn't really like the idea of them being nominated, anything like that. Um, and I think they could have another nomination uh, towards the end of this year with um, Martin Scorsese's movie. Um, I think yep. that could be yep. that breaks the mold. So Netflix Absolutely. is doing, yeah, Netflix is doing big things. And by no means am I saying like, hey, pack your bags, Netflix, Disney's coming, you're, you're going to be run out of town. No, I just think you got to take more risk, whether that's acquiring, um, you know, uh, companies like Sony to get their back catalog, whatever you got to do. Um, but at some point, it's not going to be enough to just give us, new uh you know new shows and stuff like that at some point you're gonna have to give us something that's way left field 
um, mm-hmm. that that keeps people there. Because I can tell you right now, um, you know, the idea that Disney's coming out has the entire Star Wars catalog, the entire Marvel catalog, all the Disney <laughs> animated movies. At some point, it'll have um, the the live action animated movies on there. That's like that's that's hard to com- uh, to compete with. Um, but pal, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No. Well, I mean, I we'll probably talk about this uh, later on, but. Yeah, I'd be just interested to see because you know you're bring, we're probably going to bring up all these different rival streaming services that are coming up, and it's just it, you know Netflix is such a beast right now, but later on, maybe in the next coming uh, next few months and years, it's just interesting to see how this will play out in the favor of Netflix, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. So yeah, I'd be happy to hear uh, from everybody what they would think about that. Yeah, that that's that's gonna. <laughs> I was saying earlier that Disney changed the landscape. Uh, now, whether you view that as a good thing or a bad thing, that's completely up to you. But they are 100% mm-hmm. about to change the entire landscape of how you consume. Um, but, Dom, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, what are your thoughts on the landscape of uh, Netflix? Well, to kind of um, piggyback off what AJ was saying, I think uh, Netflix had a really good opportunity um, to weed out bad content when everybody thought that the star uh, rating system was whether or not, you know, the movie was good. And then we find out, you know, years later that it was like, oh, no, whether we, you know, like it for the, uh, the movies that we want to watch later on or not, you know, everybody thought it was, oh, we everybody rank it one star and the movie, maybe it'll disappear. And then we find out it wasn't true. So I think that if they would have somehow kept that, or change their algorithm somehow to to do that, you can weed out bad content and realize what things are not going to work because at some point you had to know that there was going to be, you know, a apples to your windows. Um, so, but I do think at the same time that um, the fact that you can kind of push boundaries on Netflix, you know, you can get a new uh, – are fresh, you know, writers and directors and producers and, you know, make some things that, you know, wouldn't be able to be shown in the theaters or uh, an idea that is needs to be a series and not a movie but can't be shown on TV. Like I know um, the big one, right, the hot one right now is um, um, when, when They See Us and it's like about the Central Park Five and it's got, you know, a real big uproar, very polar, polarizing topic. But I don't think it's something that could necessarily have been shown on television, but also could be made into a movie because it needs to be broken down into parts to go into depth. Um, so I think that since Netflix has kind of become a a staple, you know, the fact that, you know, Netflix and chill was a term, there's T-shirts that people are wearing, I feel like that they'll kind of be somewhat safe, at least for a little while, Um I mean, I feel like they like with the whole Apple Windows thing. I think they will always be around. That eventually, though, there will be one that's a little more popular, a little more streamlined, a little more cooler. But they'll always kind of be like the safe bet. Yeah, I mean, I will say this: Netflix. The biggest thing I need you to to get rid of because um, it's just extremely annoying. Um, if I'm watching The Office and like three episodes have gone by. Um, don't ask me if I'm still watching. I, I'm still yeah, watching. Even if I'm asleep, <laughs> I'm still watching. 
I could die and I'm still watching. Like, just don't <laughs> bother me. Like, continue it. Let it continue going. I will stop it when I'm ready to stop watching it. Um, I, I can't tell you how much that slows momentum of me enjoying yeah. the show. It's for it to pop up. Hey, still watching? Yes, I'm binging. Like, can you leave me alone? Like, just let it play. Um, so fix that, please. Uh, or at least give me an option to get rid of it. I don't know if maybe they already have that, because I'm sure I'm not the first person to, to complain about it. Um, but it's very annoying. Like, uh, Disney, like, just a heads up, don't have that. Like, I'm trying to binge watch uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't need you on the fourth episode. Like, hey, there's only two more left. You still watching? <laughs> yes, of course. You just have the four episodes. Of course, I'm still watching. Um, but yeah, definitely fix that. That's oof, very annoying. Um, but I will say to the point that you were making on um, Netflix possibly having content that's not really TV regulated. I will say TV's now found ways around um, getting yeah. content out there that's not um, for all kinds of viewers, like Archer. After what like they do nine o'clock. <laughs> Yes, they, they put it out around 10, 11 o'clock where they're like, all right, your kid should 100% be asleep. If he's watching Archer, that's on you. Um, so they're, they're getting around it. Like, I know Rick and Morty sometimes will still have raunchier content because um, uh, it, it releases later at night. So modern, not modern, um, regular television is still finding ways to kind of keep up because I, I tell you this, TV will die before theaters do. Um, and their their end is is, is looming, um, especially with more of these these studios being like, wait, we own you, like we'll just come out with our streaming service and put shows there. Um, yeah. So, television, be careful, um, especially because I, I found out the other day. I'm like, I have the ESPN app, and I'm like, wait, I could watch the finals on my phone. Like, I don't need to go in front of a television. Like, oh man, like TV is gonna die like really bad. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> It's going to be really sad. Um, but, Brittany, um, your thoughts on the current landscape of Netflix? I was going to say, like, I feel like me and Pal are, like, sisters from another mister because I find myself agreeing with her a lot. But yeah. I, 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 say, like, I, I do find myself falling out of love with Netflix. And I know that's kind of like, oh, you know, maybe you didn't like Netflix before. But I remember even my mom, you know, ordering the the DVDs through the mail service where you could send it back. And, you know, even at home, we don't have cable, satellite. We just do Netflix and YouTube. But more and more often, I'm finding myself not even clicking on Netflix. It's just all YouTube because you're kind of like, oh, I can click it through and have different kinds of content. But every time I go to Netflix, I sit there and I click through and I click through and I'm like, man, none of this seems like appealing to me. And one of the big things for me is like, okay, they don't have ads. That was the whole big thing with Netflix versus Hulu was like, oh, ads, you know, you have to pay more through Hulu. But now that Netflix has brought up their price to have uh, to have them, Hulu is about the same, you know, to make a comparison, to have the premium where you don't have the ads in it. And then I find myself kind of creeping away from Netflix and Tia will tell you, it takes me forever to actually sit down and enjoy something because I'm constantly running around. But I think that is going to be the hard part for Netflix is that they're losing a lot of the great content before it, which I know that they're coming out with a lot more original stuff. But when I originally watched it, I was like, man, all my favorite TV shows, one place. And 
you know, the Marvel series was a big deal for me, you know, whether or not it was Punisher, whether or not it was Daredevil, and then that was gone because it's moving to Disney. I think it is going to be very telling that I know that they're putting all this effort into original content, but I hope it's a lot better than some stuff that may have flopped in the past because I remember when Orange is the New Black came out and I was like, oh, that's original, that's awesome, you know, let's go to Netflix and watch it. But nowadays, I went from watching Netflix every day to, uh, I'm kind of bored of you two. Let me click onto Netflix and see if there is anything. And then I go, none none of it. And I get where people still love Netflix, but I guess for me, if if it wasn't for the fact that I, too, am stealing somebody else's account for it, I would probably have canceled it a while back. So I think for me that's telling. But I do also understand where everybody else loves their movies for it. So I think if there's a lot of people like me, they may move away to something more appealing where it's going to have all that content they really love because they like, I love the DC app more. I find more things interesting there, even though it has less of a, I think it's just going to depend on the person and the audience that they're bringing in. Absolutely. And by the way, I'm a hundred percent going to edit out all you guys that are using other Netflix accounts. Um, I am also, but like, we're definitely (laughs) going to try to make Netflix think we're all paying for it. Um, Uh (laughs) But no, you raise you raise a great point, um, and, and I do think that um, you know that's why I said if you're Netflix, go go out and try to get franchises um, that majority of people already know of, and we're just looking for um, a new place to to experience those set franchises. That's why I said I think Spawn would be great for them. Like bring Spawn over to Netflix, break it up into a series format. Um, and, and you'll get a lot of people that are like, man, I'd love to see what they're able to do in a Spawn universe. Um, and, and I think Netflix, like Umbrella Academy is great, but I do think you need a franchise that you span out into a universe um, where you could do, you could branch off things. Um, and whether that's original content that you create on your own or that's a, a franchise you take that already existed, you just need to do something to shake things up. Um, because, uh, you know, Disney getting that Fox catalog, like, that's huge. Like, if Disney wanted to, they honestly could say, you know what, I don't want to make any more Alien movies. I'm going to just make a series and put it on Disney+. Plus. That's huge. They decided that for Predator. That's huge. You know what I'm saying? Well, not Predator, I'm sorry. Um, but if they decided that for a lot of the franchises that they took uh, over by, the, uh, by getting Fox, that is huge. Um, and not to mention all the X-Men uh, characters you could have original shows from instead of movies. Um, so if you're Netflix, you just think about those things. Um, but Tia, I did not forget to go to you. Almost did. Um, Tia, what do you, um, what, uh, how do you view the current landscape of, uh, of Netflix? Well, I will say that if it weren't for the fact that I wanted to go back and then rewatch the Marvel series... I would have canceled my Netflix and the fact that, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't say this, that I have at least two people who are using my Netflix account. But um, <laughs> 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 um, but you know, I find myself when I sit down or me and my boyfriend sit down and we're watching things, I'm turning on Hulu or Amazon Prime the Stars app, HBO app, um, DC Universe, stuff like that. I'm really 
not finding myself going on Netflix because before it was that Netflix had all these, you know, uh, great series and movies, not originals, but, you know, from around that they would put on. But they constantly, uh, you know, licenses expire, so they take shit off. Like, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was devastated when they took The Killing off because, first of all, I'm like, the last season of The Killing was uh, – a Netflix original, so the fact that they decided to then take it off, I was like, what the hell is this? So that pissed me off, but then they put it on Amazon Prime, so I was like, all right, well, Amazon Prime really, for me, just wins out. They have great original content, but Netflix, besides their Marvel shows, like as you guys are saying, like, yeah, the Umbrella Academy was great. Is it enough for Netflix to kind of like, you know, uh, stand on? No, I don't think so. And we've always talked about how their original movies are always just okay. They're not great. So I would honestly be okay with getting rid of Netflix. And if they continue to raise their prices, that's going to be the direction that I eventually take. And they need to understand that with all these uh, apps coming out and all these streaming services, obviously they're trying to compete, but at the same time, People live on a budget, so they can't have five different streaming services, and then when they look and they go, well, which one is the most expensive one? Well, guess what? Netflix ends up being the most expensive one out of all of them. It's more than Hulu. Um, It may be on the same uh, price range as Amazon Prime, but you get all the benefits of Amazon Prime, so that wins out. To me, the landscape of Netflix really just seems to be losing me as far as a customer, and it probably is going to come to the point where I get rid of them. Yeah, I, I just think if you're Netflix, you being as highly priced as you are is okay if it's worth it. Um, and I think they rely too heavily on the back catalog, like the idea of having The Office, having Friends, having New Girl, um, having shows that were hit um, that people just, that people can just go back to and binge watch full seasons of it um I, I mean at some point like i personally go back and rewatch the office all the time at some point i'm gonna go i don't think it's 15.99 worth me going back and watching all the time like comedy central runs the marathons like every other weekend like maybe i'll just like watch it there um and like you said i think one of the streaming services that do not that does not sorry get enough recognition is amazon um, you know, the Jack Ryan show, uh, I think yes, the new show, was very Omens. Good. yeah, the new show, Good Omens, uh, they had Hannah, um, they have Sneaky Pete, uh, that I heard is a fantastic show. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few more, forgive me. Um, I think they are one big franchise, like they realized Tick wasn't going to get it, but they're one big franchise, um, like that, um, away from really being huge. Um, and that's another, uh, we'll get to Amazon, but they definitely should look into trying to get a superhero franchise or a fantasy franchise. Um, I think they're doing Lord of the Rings, if I'm not mistaken, um, or, or something along the lines of that. But um, they they're are. just one thing. Yeah, they're one thing like that away from becoming like really, really, really out there. Um, and I'm with you, Tia. I sometimes like, uh, I have Amazon Prime, so like I could watch suits i could watch psych um i could watch a few other things they also have movies uh like newer movies that they release onto there um like well, to me yeah, I just amazon, 
Amazon Prime, so, Amazon Prime has so much that it's coming out with and so much available to it that it honestly, to me, is at the forefront of the streaming services. And Netflix just continues to not go in the right direction. They're making all these deals with all these other types of, um, you know, like the Frank Miller universe, right? I guess that that's exciting. But you don't have Marvel anymore. You pissed off fans with Marvel with canceling all of these great freaking shows. And all of their DC content is going to be pulled from them soon. I'm sorry. You can't stay on the back burner. You can't stand on the backbone of Friends in the Office. They're great shows. I get it. People can binge them over yeah. and over again. But that's, I'm not going to, like, keep Netflix for those very reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially because all the shows that are like the big shows, and I get it. It's the idea there's no commercials. You could just binge it. But I mean, is it that bad that like you can't sit through five minutes, um, you know, here and there out of the, the 28 minute show um, to watch? Like Friends is on Nick at Night. Like I could watch it there. Um, you know, The Office is on Comedy Central. I could watch it there. Like all these are adding up to like, I don't really need Netflix. <laughs> Um, for a lot of this. So I, it's just something for Netflix to think about because trust me, a lot of people are thinking about it and the more streaming services that come out, the more people are kind of like, I'm going to think really hard on if I need you. Um, you know, like if I'm having, if I'm going to get two of these streaming services, are you one of the ones that I want? And I think if you have your uh, fan base or, or just people who have used Netflix for a long time, even contemplating the idea that it's not a good sign. Um, but all right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's actually move on to Amazon. Tia's got me thinking so much about Amazon. Let's just move right on to Amazon. Um, and Tia, I'm actually going to start with you for Amazon Prime, um, the landscape of it, because I thought it was really interesting that you think it's it's definitely one of the, the best out there. Um, so tell me more about how you view the landscape of Amazon Prime. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, again, you have Amazon Prime. You have the benefits of the buying aspects of it, which is fantastic, but their content is great. I mean, they constantly are getting awards for their original content. As you said, they have Sneaky Pete, Hannah. Uh, they came out with, um, you know, Man in the High Castle was one of their, like, first kind of originals that has still maintained a really good, uh, you know, fan base. And Amazon Prime, like, to me, their landscape is great. They have brought in the showrunner of Luke Cage, the showrunner of Daredevil. So they're going to get these, like, two great powerhouses with uh, awesome followers that are coming along. To me, the landscape is great. They know what they're doing. They have a really good production team behind it. I will admit that I'm not sure if they have come out with much uh, original movies, and if they have, I haven't seen them. But as far yes, as their series, they have, okay, I haven't yep. really seen them, but their series, um, I love, like, every, CDP just came out with third season, absolutely ate that shit up, um, yeah, everything. I think the landscape of Amazon Prime is fantastic, I don't see it going away anywhere, and they're just continuing to bring people in, and I'm almost sure now that I think about it, and I could be wrong, that the showrunners behind Westworld made a deal with Amazon. So, again, they're just bringing in all this fantastic talent. 
to make content for themselves. And with the price being how it is, uh, I think it's great. I personally, like Amazon Prime, if I were to say keep, like, two, two streaming services, it would be Amazon Prime and Hulu. Those would be the two that I decide to keep. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, Pal, I'll go to you. You were saying Amazon has um, original movies. Uh, I didn't even know that. Uh, did you want to speak oh, more yeah. to that? And then your your thoughts on the landscape of uh, Amazon. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, you know, before I start this conversation, I haven't actually been, you know, paying attention to movies uh, until just last year. So I'm just now familiarizing myself with, like, the, you know, how movies come across when it comes to, like, the award season, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, Amazon has had movies that have been nominated for, for an Oscar and and for Emmys, you know, they they, they with their TV shows. Um, last year alone, uh, you know, I, I know I watched at least two Amazon original movies. One was called Beautiful Boy, you know, and, and it starred uh, Steve Carell and Timothy uh, oh man, Timothy from um, call, uh, call Me By Your Name. Charmelet. And yeah, yeah And Cold War. Cold War was a a foreign language film that uh, was very close to winning Best Cinematography for an Oscar. So they had very high quality original movies that um, I'm, I'm, I don't know that it almost kind of makes me sad. A lot of people don't know about them because they're not, uh, you know, the okay kind of movies like you see on Netflix. A lot of them are very, very high quality. I actually think uh, one from two years ago, uh, someone won Best Actor in, in an uh, Amazon original Prime movie. So um, they, they, are, they definitely know what they're doing. Um, and I think that they are one of Netflix's biggest competitors because uh, especially, I, I, I don't watch a lot of TV shows, but I think especially on the TV side of things, they are very, very uh, competitive when it comes to their TV shows, when it comes to award seasons. Um, I hear, I, like, whenever I hear a TV show winning an award, more than not, it's coming from Amazon. So um, it's really, like, I'm glad that, you, that we're bringing up Amazon because, like, you know, I totally forgot about it. But it, it's very much a strong streaming service that, know, that knows what they're doing. They're playing the, you know, they're playing the right cards and, definitely pumping out content out there that isn't just addictive and making people want to watch it, but it's actually really good. And so um, I, and actually something that Amazon does differently than say Netflix is that a lot of their original movies, they do play them in theaters for a short period. I watch beautiful boy and cold war both in movies in the movie theater, not on Amazon because they weren't uh, available on Amazon right away. So they're actually taking advantage of that uh, uh, theater runtime because they understand that, you know, in order to be considered for an Oscar, they need to have a movie played in the theaters for a certain amount of time, and they want their movies to be able to compete with uh, a normal movie that's released by a studio. So, um, and actually this, uh, this Friday, uh, their latest movie, Late Night, is coming out to theaters, and that is an animal Amazon Studios original movie. So if you guys want to watch and support Amazon Studios, that's one way to do it. But, yeah, I mean, they are doing this to not just uh, have people be into their service, their streaming service, but to also support them out in, uh, when it comes to award seasons, both the TV side of things and the movie side of things. 
that's something that I don't think Netflix is taking advantage of as much, which is why uh, last year when Roma came out and was very, very close to winning Best Picture of the Year, it didn't win it. And I think the fact that they didn't take advantage of a longer theater run really uh, prevented them from having that happen uh, during the war season last year. Yeah, I think I think also in uh, anyone who's not familiar uh, with my stance on this, I am huge on uh, marketing because I don't think uh, enough of it exists today uh, like it mm-hmm. used to. It's not as important. Um, Roma, uh, I felt, um, you know, the fact that it was even nominated, I thought was great. But I thought the biggest downfall it had was there wasn't enough marketing around that movie. Um, I I think mainly because a lot of people, I guess, figured um, it's on Netflix, like, oh, it's just one of those Netflix movies. But I think if you had marketed it, you know, to be more of a theater feel, um, more of a Oscar feel, you would have kind of lured in those actual film lovers. Um, Like, again, no, you're not going to get the the most casual of moviegoers to be invested in Roma. But people who love film, who appreciate film, um, I think some of them didn't even really know that Roma was, uh, was well, in can theaters. I, can I say, yeah, can I say mm-hmm. one thing about that? So yeah. that's interesting that you bring it up because I do agree. If you live where, you know, maybe on the East Coast, and especially like in a smaller town like me, yes, Roma was, I, when I went on Netflix, all that you saw was like nominate for Best Picture. And that was pretty much it, right? Like it, there wasn't a lot of marketing anywhere else. But apparently... I heard that out in L.A. where all the, you know, the board members of, of the Academy live, they were, like, Netflix, according to, like, an article that, like, I pulled it up right now because I wanted the exact value. They actually campaigned over $20 million for Roma to win Best Picture. So they spent their money. It's just that they focused on that one community specific for the Oscars so that way – um, you know, basically, if you live in LA, I heard that you just saw countless billboards uh, just advocating for Roma to win Best Picture. That's something that we don't, obviously I didn't see here, and I don't know where you guys live, but uh, you know, obviously we we didn't hear much about it. But in the Hollywood community, it was very, very much a campaign for for Best Picture, and they and Netflix spent a butt ton of money on it, and I, a lot of people actually criticized Netflix for that because. The other studios didn't have that kind of money to spend, and they thought it was a, an unfair advantage. But you know what? It really didn't matter because Roma didn't end up winning, which I was kind of upset about because that was arguably arguably my favorite movie of last year. So that I wanted just to make sure I, I uh, included that a little bit because it's interesting how they decided to use their marketing on just one specific community and not, you know, a broad audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, if, if you're Netflix, like, move a movie like Triple Frontier that had so much mm-hmm. star power but just fell flat on its face, um, yep. it is one of those movies to where it's like, maybe that should have only been a Netflix movie. Like, don't put that in theaters. Um, like, there's just no need to embarrass yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But then you have stuff like uh, the Sandra Bullock movie. Uh, I, I thought that movie Bird was so Box. horrible. I can't the name. Bird Box, <laughs> thank you. Bird Watch, yeah. Bird Box piece of crap, whatever we call it. You know, that was in theaters also. I think it did decent in theaters, but I think most of its its, uh, money came from its streams. Um, But think about, like, when I speak to marketing, I mean all-inclusive. Like, when Bird Box, Bird Box, right? Yeah, Bird Box came out. 
What is the first thing that took off on that movie? Memes. That's yep. marketing. That is yep. marketing. And Netflix played right into it. So it made people go, what is this stupid crap I keep seeing on my like on my phone? Like, let me go watch. That's this actually movie. how I found out about That's it. Strange. I never heard of Bird Box until I saw it on my Twitter feed. I was like, oh well, I need to watch this now. Yeah. So I mean, that to me is is part of what makes marketing so special. And I think movies like Captain Marvel that didn't I felt didn't really fully take on um, everything that it needed to uh, marketing wise to make that movie just more appealing to to all factors. Um, you know, I, I just always value marketing because to me, it's the biggest indicator on what I can expect going into the movie is, is your marketing. Like you don't need to show me um, 30 trailers. Give me some marketing. Give me some fun stuff like Deadpool when it came out. That movie could have had no trailers and just its marketing would have gotten people to see that movie. Um, so, I mean, that's just how powerful marketing is. I thought Detective Pikachu should have played more on the fact that you have Ryan freaking Reynolds that seems to be mm-hmm. a marketing wizard. Market yourself. Like, don't just, just fall back on the, on the laurels of like, oh, we're Pokemon, people are going to come see us. Yes, of course. But market it more. Like, have Detective Pikachu do more funny Ryan Reynolds things. Um, have ads about it, stuff like that. Like the fact that Fox signed off on Deadpool being a commercial during The Bachelorette is possibly one of the best um, marketing tactics I've ever seen in movie history. Like that was pure genius Um, because what they were doing was they were selling Deadpool to the female audience as a romance. But the male audience was like, all right, it looks like it's a whole lot of cursing, killing. I like it. But it, it came off to, to the female audience um, as far as what they were trying to do marketing-wise to market it as a romantic movie, um, to which in some degrees it was. But that right there is genius marketing. I think Netflix should kind of engage more in that, especially with, I believe it's called The Irishman. Um, the, the uh, can't believe I just forgot his name. Uh, Martin Scorsese film that's coming out. Yeah. Right, yep. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um that should be marketed well. You have so many huge names. Um, marketing should ne- not be an issue. That movie should be marketed yeah. so well that people that don't have Netflix are now either going to, to get it or they're rushing to the theaters to see it. Because there's no reason that movie shouldn't, A, be an Oscar contender, um, or mm-hmm. B, just be one of the biggest successes Netflix has um, since it started, there's just no reason why it shouldn't. Right. Um, it was on. So, it, it, it they the commercial aired during the Oscars earlier this year, so that's how it started getting a lot of buzz because it was shown during a prime time television event, and it happened to be the Oscars, and of course it was broadcasting a Netflix uh, original movie. So um, that's where I first heard about it, and uh, after that, a lot of people started talking about it. So. I'm sure you're not I – I don't think you're going to be disappointed, Joan. I think it's going to be a big, big movie event. I hope so. You you got all the, the, the firepower there, so don't screw it up. Um, but <laughs> let's get back to, to Amazon because I could focus on marketing all day. Um, Brittany, I'm actually going to go to you next. Um, your thoughts on the current landscape of Amazon Prime, or if you don't have it and, and, and haven't really used it, um, this is for you too, AJ or Dom. Um, what would you like to see if you were to to get it? Like, what are some of the things you would be looking looking for it to have to kind of entice you to to actually subscribing to it? 
I was going to say, um, I, I've kind of been getting into Amazon Prime because, uh, say, my, uh, I was going to say boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend has the Amazon Prime, so of course I still have it. But um, <laughs> I, I start to slowly get into it because every now and then I'll go, oh, man, I want to watch this, and I go to look it up, and then on the suggestions, you know, I'll say, like, oh, Netflix, you can find this on YouTube, or, you know, like, buy it through YouTube or something. And then every now and then I'll get Amazon Prime, and I'm like, hey, I didn't know this was streaming. I can't wait. It's kind of like Hannibal. I absolutely love Hannibal. And I think, like I said, I only have Netflix and, like, uh, Actually, I have Amazon Prime, but I've rarely, I rarely – I feel bad because I say I rarely click on it because I forget I have it. And when I go on there, I'm so delightfully surprised. But, like, Tia said, you get so much more with it than just the uh, than just the streaming. There's all the other incentives. Because, say, I ordered something the other day, and it's like, hey, by the way, we're going to give you a th- free 30-day trial extra because I had already had one before. And it was like – here and it was right when I was buying something and the shipping and I was like okay that's that's a really good incentive for me for everybody that's buying on Amazon when you're saving like five six dollars on shipping and it's however much a month you know that's a really good thing for it and then like TSA with Sneaky Pete I really enjoy Sneaky Pete too because uh, um, what's his name I can't think of his name right offhand but I love him um, apparently don't love him enough to remember the name, so I'm real sorry <laughs> there. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm starting to enjoy it. And like uh, said, with Roma, that's very interesting, getting back to marketing, because I didn't think about I had never heard of Roma. I live in a town of 10,000 people, and I didn't see advertisements for it. I didn't see it anywhere. I had no idea it even existed until the big hubbub of like, oh, my gosh, this movie Roma. And I was like, what's Roma? I was like, what is this? But for me, Amazon Prime, I think, is going to be one of those that works its way up for me. It's starting to catch my attention more than, say, Netflix. And there may be others that I prefer over it right now, but it's starting to build up where I can definitely go, man, I really wish I could watch this show. And I'm like, oh, well, Amazon Prime has it. What what, what a coinkydink. But... (laughs) But, no, I, I'm starting to enjoy it. Uh, I do think that – I know it's going to sound like a silly thing, but I wish it was a little more appealing for when I get onto it. Like, whenever I click the app and I go on there, it's a little harder to find things. I almost find it a little uh, lackluster on, like, I guess, like the user interface for it, the UI, whatever you want to call it. Because, mm-hmm. say, when I go on Netflix, I scroll around and I kind of know where everything is. Or when I click Hulu, it's really simple. But sometimes when I go on Amazon Prime, I'm like, okay, your app, your, your app is messing with me right now. But all that aside, I actually do enjoy it when I go on there. I'm just more like a happy surprise when I see it. And I'm like, oh, great, I have this. I'm keeping this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my biggest issue with, with Amazon Prime is that a lot of the shows, like, I'll be specific. I love Two and a Half Men, um, definitely up until Ashton Kutcher got there. Um, but I, I won't go into that. Um, but I love Two and a Half Men. I hate that when I go on Amazon to watch it, they're like, yeah, sure, enjoy it. And I'm like, all right, cool, let me click on Oh, no, 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 no. We meant pay for it, then enjoy it. I'm like, damn it, why are you making me have to pay for this? Like, make it free. Um, so I, I mean, they do, like, Go ahead. 
I will I will say that that is the annoying thing about Amazon is like trying to make sure which ones are actually included with Amazon because that has happened so many times. Like when I was watching Westworld, it's like I had to get the HBO extension in order to watch it, even though it says it was available on Amazon. So I will get you, but that is how it is with a few of the other ones, like with Hulu. That's that's with Hulu. I don't. I have to pay for. I, I don't Hulu recall. With... Ha- Hulu has extensions. There's certain things. If you look, it'll be like, oh, available with a uh, Stars extension, available with HBO extension. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Showtime. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So with I Am- yeah, with Amazon, uh, some if it says uh, like on the top left corner, I believe it'll have the banner that says Crime. That lets you know when it's included. Sometimes it's pretty obvious, and other times you can't really tell. Uh, Hulu, uh, you know, if it's just like the general page, that's all available. That's all uh, exclusive to your membership. But, yeah, certain shows, certain movies are only available if you have, like, an HBO account, Starts account, something like that. Um, and I believe I believe Amazon's the same way. If you have, like, the HBO Stars account, uh, you can also access more movies and TV shows with that. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Like, I think like Netflix is definitely uh, the the they're the best when it comes to uh, how friendly the interface is and how convenient it could be for the users. Amazon could improve that. I could see a room improvement for Amazon on that. Yeah, I mean, but you gotta take the good with the bad. They give you great content, but it's very hard to find it. But when you find it, it's worth it. So I mean, <laughs> you know, I guess that's what their motto the- is. They're like. You know, you're like, hey, it's hard to find, but when you find it, it's good. And it's like, eh, yeah, true, true. Um, I kind of feel but like... in the competitive market. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a weird comparison I'm about to make, but I compare Amazon Prime to, like, Chick-fil-A. You ever go to Chick-fil-A and the lines are, like, longer than, like, <laughs> the, the square footage oh of, of where the building is? Yep. And it's like, yep. I don't want to wait. But, like, those nuggets are so delicious, and that lemonade, it <laughs> might be worth it. Like, I know once I get to the window and get my food, it's all worth it. I feel like with Amazon Prime, it's hard to find something sometimes, but once you do find it, you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is the good stuff. Like, this is worth it. This is worth 15 minutes of my life trying to find just this one show. Um, obviously, I'm exaggerating there, but, uh, but yeah, I, I compare it to Chick-fil-A lines because their lines on a Saturday afternoon are ridiculous, like just purely ridiculous. Um, but all right, because I can talk about Chick-fil-A all day. Uh, now I kind of uh-huh. like Chick-fil-A. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> AJ, I'm going to go to you. Uh, your thoughts on the landscape of Amazon Prime? I I agree with what Brittany said and what you guys all said, that the interface of Amazon Prime is lacking a lot. Um, it's hard to find things. Uh, I really don't use Amazon that much, but once I use it, I'll, I've watched a couple of shows like um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, Hannah, and Jack Ryan were the three main shows I've watched on there. And then I only watched like one of the movies on there, which was Guava Island, which is yeah, incredible, oh, yeah. by the yeah. way. Yeah, great. yeah. So... I'm not I don't I'm not really like in tune with Amazon Prime as much as you guys are. So I say that they do produce a lot more better content than Netflix. 
but if they had like a better interface, I would probably use it a lot more than I that I am now. Yeah, I it's I'm trying to think of Guava Island was so freaking well done. Like I gotta watch that again. Donald Glover is I, I see what's funny about Donald Glover, and I know I'm going on so many tangents, but. Donald Glover to me, AJ, the biggest struggle I had with him was I always in my mind kept kept saying to myself, I thought Jamie Foxx was um, the greatest all-around entertainer ever. Like, he could do everything. He could sing. He could act. He could write. Um, there's just so much he could do. And then I was like, wait, who is this Donald Glover guy? Like, I remember the first time I saw him mm-hmm. was his stand-up, um, Weirdo, um, which I actually saw it on Netflix. And I was like, this guy is hilarious. The poop in Home Depot, like that's one of the funniest um, comedy uh, jokes I've ever heard. Is is that whole uh, gimmick of the the pooping in the Home Depot toilet? Because um, I used to work at Home Depot, but I won't go into that. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was when I saw that he did music, he did acting, he did writing, he did directing, um, and then it's like, all right, he can sing now too. It's like I don't even know where that came from. Um, I, at that point, was just like, I think this guy is the most talented human being ever because he does everything. And Guava Island is just another look into, like, how genius he is. Um, and anytime you cast Rihanna, it's just like that, bravo. Um, but, yeah, that was a really good um, short series, I believe it was. Um, it was just a short yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, props to um, to Amazon for that. Uh, I, I definitely can guarantee you he'll be doing more work with streaming services going forward. I would assume Hulu would be my guess because I think if you're Disney, it'd be smart to have the first Deadpool iteration in the, the new uh, Disney world is put Deadpool with the Revengers um, that you have um, coming out. Integrate that Donald Glover Deadpool show. With those characters, he needs, uh, he needs to write Deadpool. He needs to write Deadpool. I think I that he was supposed to write one of the animated Deadpool shows, but they no, canceled that. But now, yeah, but yeah. Um, now that they have like the Disney Plus um, streaming service, I feel like he should be able to do it now, or try to get into yeah. contact to someone that allow him to do that. I'd even say this if they're going to actually take a Deadpool 3 serious and let it be organic and let it be what it needs to be. I would love for Donald Glover to be in a room with Ryan Reynolds and just see what those two beautiful Mm -hmm. minds could cook up for a Deadpool movie. Um, Those two writing it, or even if Ryan's just like a consultant, but Donald's writing it with a few other writers. um, I think that'd be great. I I think that they'd be able to do so many great things together. Um, but Disney, please don't steal that because it was my idea. I, I would like some credit <laughs> for it. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can see those two um, do some work together because I think they make comedy gold. Um, but Dom, I'm going to go to you before we move on. Your thoughts on the landscape of Amazon Prime? Well, let's not forget that Amazon has the cheat code. They have attached to them the richest man in the world. Um, they have a one they have a one one stop shop where everybody already uses Amazon to get their groceries, to get, you know, the smallest thing you want, the biggest thing you want. Um, so they have unlimited potential 
to do what they want to do. It just depends on if Jeff feels like doing it because when you're the richest man in the world, you can no one can tell you anything because you're the richest man in the world. Um, so I think they can do um, uh, as much as they want to. And I, as Tia was talking, I started realizing that I have a lot of Amazon stuff that I use. Like I have a I have a Kindle Fire and I have a Fire Stick and. I use Audible, so they already kind of got me. I just haven't subscribed to the Prime video yet. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm with you. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm completely with you. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, is an, 100% the richest man uh, on the planet, richest person, I think you can honestly say, on the planet. Um, I kind of need – Kind of need him to focus on buying my Knicks. That'd be a, a first great step for him. But in terms of Amazon Prime, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it should be money's not an issue. But they've kind of somewhat boxed themselves in because I don't think Amazon Prime has really announced itself as one of the forces in the, the streaming world. Um, and like I said, it just takes that one property, just that one property. And I think it honestly could be the boys. I think that could be... Um, Amazon's one property that kind of makes everyone go, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, this was freaking great. Um, it, the Boys has such a um, Sin City meets um, uh, Watchmen vibe to it, and I can't freaking wait. And it has um, Carl Urban and Karen Fukuhara, who is literally my number one crush ever. Um, so you sold me on that, on that show already. But, um, yeah, they, they're doing great things with it and once they said they got rid of Pitt, I was like, All right, you guys are taking streaming seriously. You're getting rid of stuff that's just like, why would you ever want to do the tick? Um and I'm just I'm glad <laughs> where Amazon is, is at right now. Like I really feel comfortable with them, uh, as Tia was saying, being, you know, one of the, the streaming services in the forefront. Um, one that you have to pay attention to. You can't ignore them. Um but all right, let's move on. Let's go to Hulu. Um, I don't really have much to say about Hulu. I have it mainly because I have Sprint and part of my package is Title and Hulu. Um, so like I, I didn't necessarily buy it. I just like have it. Um, I don't really watch any of their original shows. I, I can't think of one that I have watched. Um, but I do know people that like the handmade handmade sale or hand whatever it's called. Um I know it does have good content. I've just personally never watched it. Um, Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on the landscape of Hulu, and do you watch any of their original content? Yeah, so I recently just got Hulu, and it, you know, it's only because it was included in my phone plan. So uh, it included a free subscription to Hulu. Before that, I never had access to it, so I didn't really know much about it, didn't really think it was worth spending the money on because, you know, we already had Netflix and didn't feel like spending money on another streaming service, but um, I will say I'm looking through their uh, Hulu originals right now. It seems that they're definitely big on TV shows, and again, like, it, it's just like all, all the time I'm sitting watching movies, I don't really have enough time to watch TV shows, but like, I know I've heard great things about The Handmaid's Tale, which I believe, I, don't quote me on, on this, I know it's, I, I think it's directed by a female or, or uh, the cinematography is done by a female, which is like, you know, a big deal because um, 
it's, it's a really great show, and the fact that it's done by, like, a female director, a female photographer, um, it, it's definitely worth the praise. And uh, I also heard that uh, one of the newest shows, The Act, was really good, which is, you know, this, it's, it's basically kind of like a crime mystery type of show. If you're into, um, like, what Netflix did with Ted Bundy, I think that the that show is very similar to that kind of, kind of um, genre, if you like that stuff. Oh, I'm trying to see the um, movies. I know, I feel like I've seen um, one uh, uh, Hulu original movie that I watched last year was a documentary that was nominated for uh, Best Documentary for, for an Oscar, and I, it was definitely one of my top, uh, one of my top ten favorite movies of last year, and that was on Hulu. So, like, they, they do produce a lot of quality content, it's just, I feel like out of, you know, Netflix, Amazon, and then Hulu, I think Hulu might be towards the bottom of that, of that, um, of that ranking, just because a lot of people don't have access to it, like they have access to Netflix or Amazon. Um, that's not to say, though, that, like I said, I, I believe that their quality is very good. It's just very, um, very few. Um, recently, I saw uh, they released a new show called Catch-22, and I don't, don't know one hundred percent sure, but I want to say that George Clooney is in it, um, which is yeah. you know, obviously a big a big name that is definitely worth uh, paying attention to. So uh, that that's really all I would have to say. Um, they also have like you know different movies in general. Like they have pretty much um, a lot of other movies that you probably won't catch on Netflix or on um, Amazon. Like, for example, like if you're a Twilight fan, you're pretty much going to see all Twilight movies there. They have a bunch of DreamWorks movies. Uh, I think they have Space Jam. You know, if you're into Space Jam, they, it's on Hulu. So it's like, you know, basically they, they kind of pick up the scraps of whatever's left from uh, Netflix and Amazon. Whatever they didn't pick up, Hulu pretty much has it. Yeah, uh, Catch-22, I believe, is George Clooney's directed show. He either directed it or produced it, and he is in it. Yeah, Uh, but he is in it also. He is in it also. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I forgot the the one show. I still have not gotten past episode three, and it's not because it's not a good show. It's just because I've been doing so much. I I think you actually mentioned it, um, if I'm not mistaken. It's the uh, Stephen Mm -hmm. King adaptation. Um, uh, I can't think of the name of it. Um, but it, it, it's man, and it was a good show too. I, I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, I'm not even gonna really look it up. Um, but <laughs> they do have um, they do have good content there. It's just the thing of uh, it's so few, far in between. They also need something big that can draw a lot of people to them. Um, but like yeah. I said, when it comes to streaming services, it only takes one thing. I know a lot of people that went to Netflix purely because of Stranger Things. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like it, it just takes one thing to bring you there, and then it takes more to keep you there. Um, so yeah, if you're Hulu, I would say, yeah, for Hulu, I would say that's probably the Handmaid's Tale. That's probably like the biggest show that they have going, and it's something that is continuing as far as I know. So that's, I think that's like their stranger things. Um, also, another comment, if it makes you guys happier, the interface on Hulu, I like it a lot. It, it, it's definitely nicer than, than Amazon. So if you haven't looked at it, I, I recommend checking it out because it's definitely user-friendly. 
Yeah, when I go on Hulu, I go right over to um my stuff, and it's like uh-huh. that's it. Like I I know what I already have. <laughs> I go right to it. Boom, we're in business. Uh, no Boom. messing around. Um, but yeah. Uh, excuse me, Tia. Your thoughts on the current landscape of Hulu? Um. Well, I have Hulu, and I really enjoy it personally because it has uh all of the seasons of Law and Order SVU which you could ask my boyfriend. I have rewatched and rewatched and rewatched and rewatched over and over and over again. Uh, but it has Bob's Burgers. It now has The Killing since uh, Netflix apparently decided to push it out. Um, and, you know, uh, an, for an original um, on Hulu, the act is actually very good, very uh, drama-filled and all that stuff. But um, Hulu is now seeming like maybe it's going to be the new hub for Marvel shows with um, Ghost Rider coming in and Hellstrom and people talking about maybe a Blade series. So I think that Hulu might be worth keeping if you have Hulu for that and also might be worth getting because it really seems that maybe it will be the um, hub for all the grittier Marvel stuff that they won't necessarily put on Disney Plus. So I think that the landscape of Hulu is doing pretty well considering I think Disney has now has majority share of Hulu and the fact that again people are kind of pissed off at Netflix and what happens when people are pissed off at one thing, they're gonna always go to the competitor and seeming like Disney and um Marvel has, you know, a good reputation with each other that this is really going to pave a good way for them moving forward. So as far as the landscape goes for Hulu, I think that it's worth it. It's not that much money a month. I think it's about $7 if I'm not mistaken or something like that. It's not, or 10, I may be lying there, but it's not expensive and it's certainly cheaper than Netflix. Um, I think it depends if you have, like, advertisement or or not. Right, right. So, to me, I wouldn't consider getting rid of Hulu anytime soon. The only thing that I probably dislike about Hulu is the fact that it has commercials. But besides that, it's not so bad. And the thing with Hulu is that it keeps going longer than, like, Netflix would. Like, as you said, Juwan, earlier in the show, after, like, three episodes, Netflix was like, are you still here? Hulu at least goes like maybe 10 episodes before Are You Still Here? So at least there's that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm probably going to like keep repeating myself, but I think that the Hulu landscape is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, I'll just say streaming services like that. It's just, it's annoying when you ask, Am I still here? Because it's like, cause think of it like this, okay? And this is what I don't really get why they have it. Because um, it's like, I assume you're asking, are you still watching? Because it's like, you know, are you are you still paying attention? Are you still up? And it's like, if I have on Hulu, one or two things are happening. I'm binging something like Brooklyn Nine Nine that I freaking love, um, or I just I need something on to help me fall asleep. And if I'm asleep, you asking if I'm still here is completely irrelevant. Um, but if oh, I'm in I, the, go ahead. I like I watch Bob's Burgers most of the time to fall asleep. Like. Holly will be like, oh, I know that he is about to go to bed because he put on some Bob's Burgers. That is like my <laughs> calling the sleep show right there. I want to defend uh, it. I, can... <laughs> I, 
I a hundred percent understand where you're coming from. I love Bob's Burgers. Uh, I think I mainly love it because the, the guy who voices Bob voices Archer, and I love Archer. I think that's one of the greatest animated shows ever. Um, so I think every time I hear Bob talk, I just keep picturing Archer. So I think that fuels my love for it. Um, but Tina is a hundred percent my my spirit animal. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll never be ashamed to say that Tina, a hundred percent. Um, I've so even, awkward. I've even, I've a hundred, I a hundred percent, I've even twerked the same way Tina did. So like, I, it's, it's a hundred percent. She's my favorite. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're asking if I'm still here, you're messing up my momentum. Like I, I've watched like five episodes straight and I'm trying to hit that six one. And you're like, Hey, you still watching? And now I'm kind of like, am I like, do I want to? make me think because when I think I then overthink and then I change it and I'm like man let me go back to it um so just continue okay. to let my show go um Actually, but... I like it the the Netflix thing I will defend it real quick is yeah, like I think it's more about the data because back say in where I live there's data caps on all the internet like on most places it's not unlimited it's asking you are you still watching so like, I really appreciate it when I had, like, 250 gigs I could hit each month, and I would fall asleep playing Netflix. If I hadn't stopped it, I would have streamed episode after episode after episode. It, I think it stops it like that so that you're not constantly streaming because streaming uses up so much data that it's trying to give you a chance to save your money because I think uh, – where we were every 10 gigs you went over it charged you ten dollars extra so i would have been really in trouble if i had fallen asleep forgot netflix on it would have just constantly streamed it but since it stopped it right there saved me a buttload of money look i i i completely respect that i didn't even know that um so i like i completely respect that 100 percent um i just wish like there was an option like for me to say oh, like yeah, hey definitely. don't 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 ask me that again, like ever in your life. Ask me that again, because um, <laughs> if I had that, I'd have no issues. Um, but yeah, for your I sake, you know. Yeah, but for your sake, you know, don't get rid of it because it, it's helpful. But ask me, like you know, give me an option of getting rid of you, because um, I would gladly do it. Um, <laughs> but Brittany, actually, I'll, I'll go to you. I don't think I went to you for for Hulu yet. Um, your thoughts on the landscape of Hulu? See, I really like Hulu. It's like I haven't got a chance to really pay as much attention to a lot of their original content. Like everybody said, The Handsmaid's Tale, I, I hear people constantly talking about it. But for me, it was just a lot of the shows that Netflix lost went to Hulu. So, like, I remember uh, I would binge on Netflix American Dad. And I'm not sure if Hulu still has American Dad. But I would binge it just episode after episode, just put it on the background. And I was good. And then you had, uh, I think Archer went there and Family Guy. I'm trying to think of all that went over to Hulu. For me, that was such a big, uh, yeah, I was going to say that was such a big deal because when you're moving out from home and, you know, you have all these bills and everything, you can't afford to go pay for cable, satellite. You know, you can shill that $10 or so just to do Hulu, and Hulu had all those TV shows that we loved, but then you could, it, it's like if you're trying to save a little more money, you can go and have the commercials put in, well not put in, but you know, pay for more to have them taken away, and I think that's a fair point, because a lot of people don't understand that like, 
and I hope they keep it this way, that when Satellite first came out, the big selling point, I think, for them was that um, it wasn't supposed to have commercials. And then slowly it put them in, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's just going to be a normal aspect. So, you know, we've gotten so used to having commercials and things, it's nice to be able to go, okay, I'll spend $3 extra to not have to look at the rest of this. But if you do want to do it, you know, you still have all the shows. You can kind of, and if you're just listening to the background, that doesn't matter. So for me, it's totally worth it just to have it for those shows that, you know, you can't have since you don't have cable or satellite. And I think that's a big selling point. And for me, it's kind of like, that's the big selling point. The original content's more like, oh, hey, great, that's awesome, thanks. But as for the rest of it, I'm just more going for the rest of it. I think if they keep on the way they're doing and don't have things taken away, because this is what killed me about Netflix, is anything you love dies there. <laughs> and it just kind of gets like a rebirth over in Hulu. So I feel like when Hulu first came, you know, it was kind of like, oh, you know, it's Netflix, but, you know, it has commercials in it. You know, it's it's worse. And then you're like, oh, it has better content. I like everything about it more. You know, you can get the commercials taken away. And I think now it's almost the same price to have Hulu with no ads as it is just to have Netflix as Netflix is, which I think is worth it. I don't get me on the price because I, I still don't remember. I haven't looked at them in a while. But – for me, I definitely choose Hulu over Netflix for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say my biggest issue with with Hulu is it feels like watching cable TV, to where it's like, um, you know, luckily for cable television in in today's time, it's like you can record shows and then later on watch them, uh, where you could fast forward through it. But Hulu to yeah. me just feels too much like regular television because. Um, most of the shows I watch, like you, like uh, he was even saying, also like Bob's Burgers, Law and Order, Chicago PD, Family Guy, Archer, um, all shows I could literally just watch on television and have the same issues as commercials. Only difference is I could record them, watch them later, and just fast forward through all of it. Um, and I know Hulu does have the option of just paying for the no commercials, but it's like, why are you giving me commercials? Like I get YouTube doing it. Um, but Hulu, why? 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 <laughs> that cable, I do think, is more expensive than Hulu, though, is one yeah, point no, to make great. on it, where it's kind of like a less expensive cable, even if it may feel like it. And I, I agree where you're coming from on it, that I think if you're wanting more of, like, that television experience, but for way less, it, it's worth it. But I get where if you're wanting just the streaming service to be like, hey, this is the extra I want along with my cable, you're kind of like, oh, that's a little redundant. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, I think that's the biggest knock if you're Hulu is that you're streaming service. When people usually think streaming, they immediately think Netflix, and there's not one commercial on Netflix. So it's like, why? Why are you doing this, Hulu? Um, but I will say well, – I need. go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I think that it's – you know, they got to make their money somehow, so they put the commercials in there. Um, and, again, that is – the commercials is the reason why I like didn't get Hulu for years because I was like, why do I want this? I got Netflix. But it is the convenience of having shit like all in the same place because if say uh, you didn't go to Hulu, right? Netflix doesn't have Bob's Burgers for uh, you know available. 
you'd have to either hope that it's on the Fox network and that's only going to play for like maybe an hour before moving on to something else, or you're going to have to buy the season off of, you know, the Google Play Store or iTunes. So there is where your advantage is, even though there are the commercials in these shows. Yeah, convenience is, is, is key with, with Hulu. I, I completely agree with you on that, but it's just like the commercials, man, like that, that that's unexplainable. Get Get rid of them. Get rid of them and then – because to me, I'd rather you tell me, like, hey, you know, Juwan, you got to pay. Like, we're changing things. It's now $10, and $10 is the only package you could have, and it's no commercial. I'd be fine with that. You could even tell me it's $12. I would still value Hulu that much um, with the idea of not having commercials. I hate it. Also, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the reason why we see commercials on Hulu is, you know, you can argue the same reason why we see commercials on other places like YouTube and even on Facebook. People aren't spending their time watching TV like they used to anymore, and a lot of these advertisers are struggling because they're like, wait, wait, you guys aren't seeing the commercials on TV. I need to make some money. And so instead they they, they put their commercials on streaming sites like Hulu instead because that's where the people are at. Um, and, you know, if, if this is streaming service, obviously, uh, provide spots for those commercials. They will, you know, people will have to just suck it up and watch it if they don't have, like, the premium account. But that's the reason why, ultimately. I think it's just because, uh, you know, those those people are providing commercials. They, they try to put them on TV, but people are just not watching TV anymore. So they put them in where people are, where the people are at, uh, which is online. So that's why. No, I I completely understand where you're coming from, and it does make sense. I just hate it. Like it's 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 yeah. Stupid. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like it either. <laughs> I think what's even more frustrating is that you're giving me an option, which means you know that I hate commercials. Uh, that's why you're <laughs> charging me more. So it's like just charge me more and only have it to where there's no commercials. Like I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That's just my mindset. But I yep. will say one of these streaming services needs to give me Sons of Anarchy back. Because, Tia, the way you watch SVU is 100% the way I used to consume Sons of Anarchy. And the fact that I haven't <laughs> seen Jacks um, in months since they gotten rid of it is one of the more infuriating things about Netflix. Like, you, you took Godfather away from me. You took uh, Sons of Anarchy away from me. And I remember the first time I ever saw Archer was on Netflix. And then I'm like, yes, like, yeah. I love it. And then I blinked and they took that and I'm like, you took Family oh. Guy, American Dad. I'm like, you guys. Really I was super. Suck. I was super <laughs> pissed when uh, I'm sure that none of you guys pretty much watched this, uh, but I was super pissed when Netflix got rid of RuPaul's Drag Race. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad at that shit. I was like, come on, like you can't even watch this. And then they got rid of like. Anthony Bourdain's freaking show. I'm like, come on, Netflix. You really suck right now. Yeah, they suck big time. Um, uh, Dom, I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on the current landscape of uh, of Hulu? Yeah, see, I... Hulu's weird for me. So I, I made a Hulu account probably back in, like, 2009, and there was a complete, like like random thing. I was trying to um and this, and this they were the first streamer service I'd ever used. I was trying to find some episodes of like Family Guy that I um 
was trying to watch that I hadn't seen in a while on TV. And I was on YouTube, and YouTube had a link to Hulu, and Hulu was showing it, but it was like I get illegal, I guess, at the time because the episode was playing uh, in reverse, like it was like a mirror image of it. And then um, I didn't, of course, I didn't know what it was. I figured it was some kind of illegal site, but then I saw all these movies and shows that I had heard of some, not heard of uh, a few others, and um, so I watched like Devil May Cry and a couple like you know, low-budget movies that were halfway decent. And then I kind of just kind of kept it at my wayside to use from time to time. And then Netflix, I ended up having like a 30-day free thing when I bought like a Blu-ray player. So, and then eventually I uh, adapted Netflix as my streaming service. But then, like, y'all, I was very upset when, you know, later on I strictly was using Netflix just to watch Family Guy and Archer and Bob's Burgers and Futurama and American Dad, and then same thing as, like, T. I I would use those shows to, like, I turn one of those cartoons on to go to sleep, and then once they were gone, I quit using Netflix for a while because I didn't really want to use it for anything else but that because I had cable. Um, but since then, I, I haven't used Hulu, but I, me and my girlfriend were recently talking about it because it is convenient that and cheaper to do the Hulu plus live TV. It's about $50 cheaper than the current internet cable bundle that we have. Um, so the fact that that's a possibility, and then if you want to add on, you know, HBO or stars or whatever, that's a possibility. Um, so I do think that, and since now, you know, since Disney is, you know, uh, the king over there now, uh, it, might, it might just end up being Hulu and Amazon that reign supreme. Yeah. I mean, it's to, to me, one thing I do love about Hulu is that they kind of like Netflix, um, respect the, the anime game. Um, it, it, yeah. I will say, Hulu, it's very offensive that out of all the Dragon Ball Z content you could provide, you give us GT. Um, that, that to me is like, I I, I don't get that. That's the only one? The only one. The only one. Oh, it was the Um, best. And to be fair, I only watch anime-wise on Hulu, because I think these are literally the goats of of anime. Um, uh, Black Lagoon, uh, Akame Got Kill, uh, My Hero Academia. um, Oh, yes. I think there's one more, but I can't remember what else it is. One but yeah, punch. I'm like one punch. One punch, I got to get back into. One punch literally has like eight mil. I don't know who has more episodes, One Piece or Simpsons, but I'm pretty sure they're both in like the six one million. One Piece has more episodes. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I 100% believe that. One Piece, I think, is on like its six millionth episode. I don't even think I'm exaggerating. Um, so that became impossible to keep up with. Um, but, uh, Black Lagoon is a classic. Akame Got Kill is only one season. Classic, only needed to be one season. Um, but yeah, I, it's just kind of like, GT is the only thing you, you leave us with? Like, is there no respect for the, uh, you know, the OGs of the Dragon Ball world? I'd rather have Dragon Ball than GT any day, even though I do love Baby Vegeta. But anyway, AJ, (laughs) I could talk about Baby Vegeta for, for forever. Um, your thoughts on the current landscape of Hulu? Um, Hulu for me is probably the one I watch the most out of Netflix and Amazon Prime. 
like what you guys were talking about, I watched all like I watched part of my animes there, all the adult animation shows like Family Guy, um, Boss Burger, uh, Rick and Morty, The Simpsons, Attack on Titan, One Punch Man, etc. Um, I also love to watch um, Legion and um, Runaways Preacher. Uh, the act is, um, my girlfriend watches the act and she loves it. Uh, what else did I watch? I watch a lot of things, man. Oh, Castle Rock is incredible. Um, that's and the show, Castle Land- Rock. Thank you, AJ. No problem. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Ram- Rami, Rami is really good, too. So, yeah, I watch, I basically watch all. All of my, almost all of my shows on Hulu, but I will say, um, Juwan, if you want to watch more anime, get Crunchyroll because they basically have like every anime that's out, and it's like, what seven ninety nine, which is another streaming service, which is really good for just all for all anime lovers. So yeah, I I love Hulu. Um, also they have live TV, which I don't have, but um, it's like. Forty-four ninety-nine, and it's ad-free with it as well. So that's something to think about with that. Yeah, no, I'll definitely get it because I got to catch up on the the current Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I'm so far behind, um, so I got to catch up on that. Um, but yeah, I, I'll definitely get Crunchyroll. I, I just I think my issue with Crunchyroll when I initially got it was that I think it's so far behind where the actual anime is sometimes. Um, or I could be wrong. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm not remembering. No, it's, it it's all up to date. It's all up to date. It's all up to date? Maybe I used something yeah. else that maybe wasn't that maybe wasn't up to date. But um but yeah, I'll definitely check out Crunchyroll. I appreciate that. Um I was just saying like Hulu and, and Netflix at least acknowledge how great uh anime is. Uh Soul Eater First time I ever saw Soul Eater is from Netflix, and I regret nothing. Soul Eater is a classic to me. Yeah, um, everybody should watch it. Oh, uh-huh. it's great freaking show. Um, but all right, let's move on. Let's finish this out with. Um, we're definitely gonna have to at some point continue the show. Let's finish it out with DC Universe. Um, not much we could really talk about the Disney uh, Plus because it's obviously not out yet. Um, and our projections would just be like, you know, assumptions, you know, till we actually know officially what we're getting, uh, when everything airs. Um, there's so something that's not... already confirmed. There's a lot that's confirmed right now. I can list them off if you want me to. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of it doesn't even come out like uh, this year. A, a handful, I, I think, actually do like The Mandalorian is the biggest one, uh, which is going to be freaking beautiful. Uh, so, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, not Loki, um, WandaVision. Loki, Loki's year two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, go ahead. But you want, can I just say really mm-hmm. quick before, because definitely yeah. want to talk about DC Universe, um, Apple TV Plus, they just released a trailer today for one of their original yep. shows, uh, For All Mankind, starring my man Joel Kinnaman, obviously. Uh, but but it looks like Apple TV is also gearing up to have some really like star-studded players. I mean, you got Steven Spielberg involved, who shat all over the Netflix, uh, you know, thing. Uh, and then you have Chris Evans is involved in um, 
defending Jacob. So it's like Apple TV, you know, that isn't even out yet, and they're coming out really strong with their original shit. I don't even know how I'm supposed to watch it because I don't have anything Apple product. I've never even bought an iPhone or anything like that in my freaking life. So I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to watch this? But still, it looks, looks like, like they're really – money. They want you to uh, spend money. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Well, you know, a few Apple products, um, specifically the Apple headphones I'm doing this podcast from, um, they're definitely going to try to take as much money as possible. Um, but Apple is going to struggle because Apple's biggest issue is you don't have a backlog catalog. Like you don't have a catalog. Like you're only looking to give us uh, original content. Um, that's why if Sony is up for sale, Apple and um, uh, what you call it, Netflix should should look, try to grab that. Um, Amazon Prime too. I mean, some of these streaming services should grab that that catalog that Sony has. Because um, if you're Apple and you overprice yourself and your shows aren't that uh, aren't that great, you're out of business very soon when it comes to your streaming service. So you need something to fall back mm-hmm. on. Because like again, if we start to say Netflix's original content is garbage, they at least can fall back on the fact that a bunch of anime is there that people can go watch, a bunch of like um, old comedy shows and old action shows and Law and Order and stuff like that are there. So they have something to fall back on. If you're Apple, you don't really have much to fall back on. You're depending on your original content to all be home run. Um, so that's a risky business, but you're Apple. You mm-hmm. can afford it. Um, so just <laughs> hats off to you. I hope it all works out because it's a very big risk you're taking here. Um, but all right, let's get into the Disney Universe. We got a little less than 22 minutes. Um, so everyone Disney be mindful. Universe. Uh, DC Plus. Universe. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said Disney. You said Disney yeah, I Universe. I said Disney Universe. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm just excited about. I'm excited about the Mandalorian. What can I say? Um, but no, DC Universe. The DC Universe that I love very much. Um, T, I'm actually gonna start with you because I, I'm almost a hundred percent sure Dis, uh, not Disney. Why do I keep saying Disney? <laughs> DC. Um, <laughs> DC. I am almost a hundred percent sure Tia is at this point paying you. Um, with how much you love their their original content. Um, so your thoughts on the uh, the the current landscape for the DC universe? First of all, I gotta say shout out to AJ for DC universe. I won't say why, but you know that we don't have to edit that out, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, the DC universe app was nothing I ever intended to watch. Um, realistically. Again, just because I was like, oh, my God, how much more shit can I have and own and all that? But, oh, my God, the Doom Patrol, it's (laughs) – it is – I was eating chips before. It is worth it just for Doom Patrol. It is, like, I have some core favorite series out there, The Punisher obviously being one, American Gods being another, and Doom Patrol. It is the best shit out there like so good the fact that like more people aren't watching it is atrocious uh so honestly it's worth it just for that but let's talk about also that they got all this amazing content which really they're doing super well with that having you know all the comic books uh available and this this and that all the animated stuff awesome 
Titans is a good show, too. Of course, I don't love it as much as Doom Patrol, but good. Uh, Swamp Thing looks really freaking promising just by the first episode alone. So I think that the DC Universe is doing well. And what they're doing well in is being adults because you have the Disney uh, Plus thing coming out, and that's obviously going to be a little bit more geared to a lighter audience, right? So, you know, you have people that are kind of complaining about that. Oh, well, I'm not really going to get the adult, mature, gritty context that I'm looking for. and It's all going to be a little too uh, G-rated for me. Well, DC Universe is like, we are not afraid to say shit up, show this, show that, people are having sex, blood's everywhere. They're cool with all of that. Um, and that really brings in people our age to watch it. So I think that's, a, that's what they're doing really well. The only thing that concerns me with the DC Universe app is this whole thing that's supposed to be happening with the Warner Brothers app, which makes no sense why you're going to have two apps for DC content. And I think that that could potentially put the DC Universe app at risk, which would be a shame because Doom Patrol lives there. Yeah, I, I think if you're Warner Brothers, I think you're smart enough to know um, to not mess up a good thing. Uh, and I think they should approach it um, to where you just keep them, I won't say separate, um, but to me, it's like you already built the DC, um, the DC app. Like, don't do anything to, to mess it up. Um, and well, I the think that they should just... I think that they should just bring all of that shit onto the DC Universe app. It's supposed to be DC-centered. So why aren't you bringing The Flash, Arrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow to there? See, my issue with the idea of that, because that's what Mark suggested also uh, in in our interview, the only issue I have with that is that they're tonally different, Um, like massively tonally different. And I don't want you to bring the Flash there. Like, CW literally made all their superhero shows Gilmore Girls. Um, and, and, you know, it's not a slight to the show Gilmore Girls, but it's definitely a slight to the fact that I don't necessarily need that in my superhero shows. Um, I love the way the DC Universe has structured their shows. And no, I'm not saying that if those CW shows came to the app, I need them all to be dark. No, I don't but I need the adult feel. Like, I, I, I will forever say I hate that every episode of The Flash, it's like if he doesn't have Iris, he doesn't have Cisco, he doesn't have Caitlyn, he has no idea what to do in a situation. And it's like, you're The Flash. Like, you have the superpowers. Why are you relying on them? Like, you know. Well, the CW so in general. The CW yeah, in general I, I agree pisses me off just because they they – Continue with these shows and Supernatural and Poor Eyes Zombie only has five seasons. Sorry, I have to get that out because we're literally in the final season. So sorry about that, guys. No, you're, you're completely fine. I just, I I don't know how you do it to where it, it feels right. And and right now it's just like, get all the shows done on the CW. Um, and then if you do bring them over, just make them feel different than what you've made them. They essentially have turned into a soap opera. Like that's literally what it is. Soap operas with superpowers. Um, and I love soap operas. So like that's no slight to soap operas, but Flash makes soap operas look bad. Um, but Tal, I'm gonna go to you. Um, your thoughts on the landscape of the DC uh the DC app or DC universe. 
Well, I'm not 100% familiar like you guys are with it, but I think that it's very interesting that they are going to be entering the streaming wars with their own kind of content. And again, like I mentioned this in the beginning, but it's just making me very curious to see how else it's going to play out with, you know, for example, like Apple uh, TV and who else might come up with their own streaming service. You know, like this is kind of random, but um, I watch, uh, I don't know if you guys know Tyler Perry, but um, I went to one of his plays recently. And one of the things that was advertised during the intermission was that he has his own streaming service for all of the Medea movies, all of the Tyler Perry place on on this site online which is crazy to me i'm like gosh like pretty much anyone now can just come up with their own streaming service if they feel like if they have the content if they have that backlog they can put it on there and charge people for it so it's like yeah with dc it's really exciting to see um especially since you know i feel like they've just gotten a lot of backlash with their movies lately um and now I feel like they're finally starting to get some sort of traction with the content that they're producing. Um, it, you know, and especially for someone like me that doesn't watch as much DC content as the normal person would, um, I, it would make someone like me interested and in maybe considering a subscription or at least just seeing what kind of content or TV shows or movies they have on the platform. And yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I'm at the point where like, I'm a little skeptical, but, still open-minded to see how it will play out um and i'm rooting for it i mean i i'd like to just see how other other streaming services kind of um combat with that with that competition that they're going to be bringing yeah i I will tell you it's it's very worth it very worth it um yeah i'm where, where swamp thing is at like swamp thing shows you like all the great things that they could do visually uh, going forward and it opens the doors for like now I'm kind of like if you could do Swamp Thing that well throw in Zatanna throw in Constantine throw in Etrigan um, and let's get a dark universe going here like that's how beautifully done Swamp Thing is um, and, mm-hmm. and I get into Doom Patrol but me and Tia could gush over that for, for days um, but yeah all, all those shows are worth it I am higher on Titans than Tia is um, but I think season 2 will really blow Tia away um, I'm fingers crossed because if season two can't do it, <laughs> Titans is just not a show for Tia. Um, but all three. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was bad, and I disliked it. I just didn't like it as much as Doom Patrol. I like, mm. and this is coming from, and I don't mean to like take up a lot of time, but this is coming from someone who was literally the goth kid in high school. I hate that like little whiny like goth like type of character in shows that they all have to babysit and shit like that I don't know but what they did with Raven I just was not appreciative of as someone who like watched Teen Titans and like Raven was like my spirit animal because she was so dark and moody and shit like that and then they made her into a teenager that they decided to dye her like hair black and say she's soft I don't know sorry guys I don't want to take up time here but that was my like problem with it no, 100%. And again, I told you guys before, T.I., I know I told you this before. I'm biased because I actually got to meet these guys um, and sit down and interview them uh, at last year's New York Comic Con. So I'm extremely biased. And she was adorable. Like, I asked her specifically. I was like, so do we see Raven with the Azeroth Metrion Zenthos? And she looked at, like, her manager and was like, 
save me. Like, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, she was so adorable. Um, so, like, I, I, I do kind of feel biased because uh, when you get to meet them and then you, you watch the show, it's kind of like I met them. Like, they're so cool. Um, so I am a little biased. Like, I, I could understand how that could be an issue with, with Raven. I mean, I'll never get over the fact that they dress Starfire like she was a hooker. Um, so, I mean, I had a huge issue oh, yeah. with that. So, yeah, that was horrible. Um, but we got Robin out of that. And anything connected to Batman. He was awesome. Um, right, he was 100%. So good. Um, all right, so we got a little less than 10 minutes. So I'm going to need everyone to go a little quickly. Uh, I'm going to pass it to you. Your thoughts on the current DC universe? Brittany? Oh, I thought she said somebody else's name, and I was sitting there like, what? Huh? What? Okay. I was going to say, on a different point, because I do agree with, because trying to go fast, I did love Doom Patrol. I need to finish it, but I was going to say, on a different point on my aspect of liking the DC uh, streaming service, is that I had to cancel it recently, and I didn't have to go through Hoot. It literally said cancel subscription, and I clicked it, and I was done. No, why did you cancel? No emails going, please come back, or anything like that. It was just canceled and done, and I was like, there was no, it was just like, thanks. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. This is like zero pressure, because you do get that with all these streaming services. When I had Hulu once upon a time, and I had to cancel it at that point, which I do have Hulu now, but canceling it was like hey rape this why can we convince you to stay and I was just like please leave me alone and they're like well why don't we let you like oh we'll make it free like we're doing all these incentives and I was like no I just want to cancel it and with the DC <laughs> app it was just clicked and I was done and it was the best thing ever so I do agree with else y'all said I do want to get it back like it was good enough that I wanted to go back and go, oh, okay, later on down the road, I want to re-get this because I still have, like, it for the month because of the, like, whatever time went over. And I'm like, okay, I want to watch Doom Patrol. I want to watch this. I find it interesting. But for me, it's so volumes just canceling. It was so easy because when you do have all those subscriptions, like, stacking up for these streaming services and you want to go cancel them, you don't want to go through hoops to do it. So I found that very refreshing. Brittany, you should yeah, be advertising canceling DC Universe app. It's amazing. Not, I know <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, but sometimes money happens and we got to do what That's we got to do. You That's get rid true. Of Netflix. That's 100% true. Yeah, you get, get rid, rid of Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, get but rid of that. Because we stole it. No, joking. To be fair, to be fair, almost all of these streaming services have either given us screeners or um, uh, early movie passes. So we have all of you, just so you guys know. Like, we didn't get rid of any of you. We love you. Continue to give us free stuff. Um, but quickly, uh, AJ, I'm going to go to you next. Your thoughts on the DC app? No, I, I love everything that they're doing on the DC app. From the comics, um, all the original content, all the animated shows, movies, uh, etc. Um, Young Justice season three came out recently and it was incredible. Swan Thing, perfect. Doom Patrol, perfect. Titans, perfect. Um, I love the 
comic selection. There's over like twenty thousand comics, and the whole streaming service is like seven ninety nine. And if you want it for a year, it's like seventy four ninety nine, which is even cheaper. So every everything that they're doing right now for the DC universe, I, I'm I'm in love with it. That's all I have to say. Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely with you. The comics one was was a huge thing. I hate reading, but if I ever decided to actually be an adult and read sometimes, like that's amazing that they have such a huge catalog of uh, of comics for you to read through. Um, which helps because it's like you could watch a show and you're like, who is that? Boom, let me go right to the comic. Um, mm-hmm. but Dom, so I don't eat up all your time. <laughs> Dom, your thoughts on the DC app? Yeah, so I haven't uh haven't used it, but I know I've, the past couple of weeks of Tia getting excited about Doom Patrol has made me <laughs> want to get it. Um, and I remember watching uh, Traders of Titans when, like, the app was the first about to drop. I was like, I kind of want to see that. It looks very intriguing because while I like Marvel better, I do like the dark aspects that DC has done in film with, like, The Dark Knight, um, which is why, like, I like Logan and kind of Deadpool a little bit more because it was, a, it was darker. But uh, And with AJ talking about, like, the comics, that's a – that's really a dope idea that they incorporated with that because I had done something similar like a Marvel thing for their uh, comics, but the fact that they have comics and, um, you know, uh, all the cartoons and, and uh, original shows on there with the comics is a dope idea that Marvel is uh, behind on. So I guess DC has a leg up in this area. Yeah, Marvel at some point is, is, is going to kind of figure that out. I'm sure the Disney Plus app at some point is going to work that in along with Star Wars comics and stuff like that. Um, they they very much have their thumb on the pulse. Um, so if it's something that the fan base is, is seemingly uh, clamoring for, they'll get it. Like, it won't be something that we have to um, uh, beg them for. Um, but we covered so much, <laughs> so much on this show. Uh, I think I rambled more than really hosted, um, but I had a lot of fun with you guys. Dom, AJ, Brittany, Pal, Tia, um, thank you all so much for joining me on this episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Um, everyone, please go check out uh, the interview I had with Mark Hughes, writer of Forbes. He dropped so many jewels. Uh, some of the jewels I stole for this episode tonight and, and reused, uh, but it was so much fun. He, he taught me, he, he always teaches me so much. Um, and we also have an interview tomorrow um, with someone from Swamp Thing. Won't say who. You just have to find out, listen out. Um, and I think, Tia, you have an interview this week also, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, yes, I believe sometime on Thursday. But when we confirm, we'll uh, shout it out there. Perfect. All right. Um, pretty much till then, um, hopefully we'll see you guys again soon. Friday. I know we're doing this on a Monday. It's weird. Uh, sorry, that's 100% my fault. Um, <laughs> I think I was the reason to move from Friday to Saturday to Sunday to Monday. Um, but I'm going to try to do better and get us on Friday. Um, but stay tuned for an all-new uh, Full Court Press, Geeks Against the Grain, hopefully this Friday, Geek Vibes Live, um, and Top 10. Almost forgot you, Tia. Top 10. I'll also look <laughs> out for Top 10. Um, we have so much was- content. Go ahead, I'm sorry. The top, the top 10 was top 10 moments in Doom Patrol, so make sure you check that out. Absolutely, 100%. 
And uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix comes out this week, so stay tuned. I'm going to try to hopefully a lot of us see it early so we can do a review show. The review for me will be pretty pretty short. It sucks. I can tell you that ahead of time. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but I'm rambling at this point. Thank you all for joining us for a new uh, all new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. And until next time, peace. Same time, same fat channel. <laughs>